Yo, this is the Ancient Texan. It's Sunday before Christmas, and I want to read an article by Patrick Buchanan. And the title of the article is After Lee, It's Lincoln's Turn. Uh, there's a picture of the four faces that are near Atlanta, Georgia. Of the statues, I can't remember. Stone Mountain, yeah. And this is a tendency, what's happening in this article, what's talked about, it's happening on a lot of fronts. After Lee, it's Lincoln's Turn by Pat Buchanan. It's written Friday, December 18th. As one looks down, the list of greats whose statues are to be pulled down and names removed from public buildings. There seems to be a single common great sin for which none can be forgiven. First they came for the Confederates, and that purge is far from over. Jefferson David Highway in Arlington, named for the president of the Confederacy, has been rechristened Richmond Highway. An Arlington group is calling for the removal of Robert E. Lee's name from Lee Highway to be, to be replaced by Mildred and Richard Loving Avenue. The Lovings were interracial couple who challenged and helped overturn Virginia's anti-desegregation law in the Warren Court. This month, the statue of General Thomas J. Stonewall Jackson was removed from the campus of Virginia Military Institute, where Jackson taught before leading Confederate troops at the first Battle of Bull Run. Jackson would die of friendly fire after his victory in Chance Cell, Mersville, in 1863. He had been with, had he been with Lee at Gettysburg two months later that most decisive battle of civil right of the Civil War might have had a different outcome. Tongue-tied today. But the cultural Marxist revolution has moved far beyond Davis, Lee, and Jackson. Out west, it is Abraham Lincoln's turn. A renaming committee of the San Francisco School District wants the great emancipator's name removed from Lincoln High School for crimes against Native Americans. Lincoln, our 16th president, ordered the Navajo tribe off their Arizona lands into New Mexico, resulting in a forced march of 450 miles. He approved the hanging of 38 Dakota Indians who had fought in the Dakota War in Minnesota in 1862, the largest mass execution in U.S. history. Lincoln's homestead and Pacific Railroad acts led to the loss of large swaths of tribal lands. Other names to be removed from San Francisco schools include those of George Washington, Herbert Hoover, Senator Dianne Feinstein. In 1984, Mayor Feinstein allowed a Confederate battle flag to be flown at City Hall.
As one looks down the list of greats whose statues are to be pulled down and names removed from public building, there seems to be a a single common great sin for which none can be forgiven. The unpardonable heresy? Columbus, Washington, Jefferson, Madison, Monroe, Jackson, Pope, Pope, Lee, Teddy Washington, Wilson, and Lincoln disbelieved in the equality of all races, peoples, cultures, and civilization. And these men lived and acted in conformity with this disbelief. Lincoln detested slavery but did not believe in social and political equality between the races. As he conceded to Stephen Douglas in one of their 1858 debates, we cannot then make them equal. Still between 1879 and 1960, a republic led by these men who preached but did not practice equality built the greatest nation in history. Even victorious in war with the mightiest manufacturing base and the highest standard of living on earth, America was by the day of JFK the envy of mankind. Yet since Jamestown in 1607, we have been governed by men who disbelieved in equality and disregarded the suggestion that all men are created equal. This proposition first appeared in a Declaration of Independence written by a member of Virginia's landed autocracy who owned scores of slaves and described the Indians against whom he f- we fought as merciless savages in that same document signed on July 4th, 1776. For Lee, the dishonors do not stop. A Virginia History Commission just voted to replace a general statue in the U.S. Capitol with a statue of Barbara Ross Johns, a teenager who, in 1851, led a strike at her high school to demand the same benefits white kids were receiving. Was Lee really the racist and traitor of his haters' depiction, deserving of the gallows rather than being honored for how he sought to serve the Union? Perhaps the last word should go to a president who still revered Lee as late as 1960, Dwight Eisenhower. I think this... um, I'm a big Eisenhower fan, by the way. General Robert E. Lee was one of the supremely gifted people produced by our nation. He believed unswervingly in the constitutional validity of his cause and which until 1865 was still an arguable question in America. He was poised and inspiring leader, true to the high trust reposed in him by millions of his fellow citizens. He was thoughtful yet demanding of his officers and men, forbearing with captured enemies, but ingenious, unrelenting, and personally courageous in battle, and never disheartened by a reversal or obstacle. Through all his many trials, he remained selfish almost to a fault and unfailing in his faith in God. Taken altogether, he was noble as a leader and as a man and unsullied as I read the pages of our history. From deep convictions, I say this, 
A nation of men of Lee's caliber would be unconquerable in spirit and soul. Indeed, to the degree that present-day America youth will survive to emulate his rare qualities, including his devotion to this land as revealed in his painstaking efforts to help heal the nation's wound once the bitter struggle was over, we, in our time of danger, in a divided world, will be strengthened and our love of freedom sustained. Such are the reasons that I proudly display the picture of this great American on my office wall. Okay, that's probably hard listening to me read all that. Uh, Let me give an example from recent history that is going to hopefully illustrate my point. I'm not a big fan of Kavanaugh. I'm not a big fan of his conservative values. But when he was up for nomination, they went back to something he did in high school. Um, Groped a woman, flashed or something. Oh, I think he probably did that. Um, But I also think that you know, his memories of it and her memories of it 30 years later um, are different and probably neither one of them are right. We have eyewitness testimony is horrible. I mean, it's... The science is that people are terrible observers of what's right in front of them. Our brain works kind of by exception, by it sees what's the exception to what in front of you is about, you you see the snake in the grass, not necessarily the grass, Um, you see what's about to harm you, what it's in your interest to see. And then you give 30 years of retelling the story and crowded in with other stuff, the odds that those two memories are either one of those memories is right is zero. Now, did he probably do something wrong? Yep. So let's say that, um, I forgot her name, but let's say his accuser is correct and he did what happened 30 years ago. How many people can be judged by everything in their life. I don't think anybody can. I certainly have things in my past that are not okay. Um, and, it, and I don't really like the whole idea of going like in the Me Too uh, movement of going back to things that happened decades ago and then putting them on the platter. Um, First is I don't trust memories that long. Science doesn't trust memories that long. So I think, you know, information's likely to be very inaccurate. And second, I think um, to judge a human by what happened decades ago 
is almost non-relevant. It's more, what is he right now? And even that's hard to figure out. But I don't think we can stand on or be disqualified or disqualify people uh, based on what happened decades ago. Now, when you look at Lee and Lincoln and uh, Stonewall and these people that we're talking about in this article, we're doing something even more than judging them by, you know, everything they did in their life. Um, we're not judging them by their last days and who the person they became. And we're not only just judging them by what they did earlier in their life, we are also judging them by standards that exist today that didn't exist then. It's become human beings evolved. I certainly hope that's true. Like the arc of justice been slowly, but it moves towards justice or something, that thing to Martin Luther King, and he was quoting somebody else. Um, the idea that we improve and that society evolves, um, I think is true. And if we start going back and judging everybody in our history by today's standards, I don't think there'll be anybody left standing. And then you know, if we're going to do that, then you know, like when they want to rename the street by this uh, girl um, said they want to take Lee's. Let me see what this said here. They want to take um, Lee and rename a high school by the name of Barbara Rose Johns, a teenager who in 1951 led a strike against her school. Well, if we're going to do the same standard, has Barbara Rose Johnson done anything she shouldn't have done since 1951? I mean, I have, I'm, you know, I don't know anything about this lady and I suspect she's a good person. But if that's the rules that we're going to have to have, a person has to have a perfect life and anything they've done in the past uh, is going to be pulled up and used against them and standards that exist today are going to be used to judge what people did in the past, uh, then we got to do it to everybody. And we also, as, you know, Dwight Eisenhower was talking here about Robert E. Lee, he talked, he saw the good parts of Robert E. Lee, the courage and the leader and the fact that after he lost the battle, he tried to bring the nation back together. Would any of us that could have done any different than Robert E. Lee? I doubt it. I, I think most people would have probably defended their home line, 
homeland, even if their homeland was doing something um, that was not okay. So, going to the past and looking for something to disqualify a a person from receiving honor um, I don't think is going to work out well for us because I don't think anybody can stand up to that kind of scrutiny at least nobody I know of I certainly can't so if we're going to go back and rewrite our nation's history and make everybody a bad guy, we can do that. I don't think that's a difficult assignment. And I think we can go back and, you know, find people that didn't believe in equality and therefore decide they are not deserving of any honor or praise or thankfulness for their service or appreciative of their position in history. I think we can do that. I think that's a very doable thing. But it just doesn't set right with my value system. It feels like righteous judgment. Like I'm sitting in a chair of purity looking down on somebody and saying because I can find this thing you did wrong in history um, I'm going to disqualify you as an honorable place in our history and I'm going to judge you by the standards of today and the standards that I hold to be true and the things that I believe to be true. Now, I think there's plenty of despicable people that just don't have enough on the good side of a ledger to balance out the bad. And, you know, the common example of that is somebody like Hitler. You can put all the, you know, positives and then you look at the negatives and, you know, someone like that, it's really clear. But when we're looking at like someone like Abraham Lincoln, there's some positives on the left, on, you know, that, that side of the columns, you know, pretty important. And are we going to find anyone that doesn't have something on the right side, the negatives? I don't think so. And if we have someone that we don't have anything on the right side of the ledger, it probably just means we don't have good information on them. Because I think us humans are have all stepped in the mud at one time or, the, or another in our life. Anyway, I don't know what to call this, but it's maybe I'll call it righteous, historical righteous judgment or something like that. Anyway, that 
I'm being a little righteous about my righteous judgment. I apologize for that. Huck, because I'm human. <laughs> well, this is the ancient te- Texan. Um, hoping you look kindly at your fellow human and reach out a hand and help him when he steps in the mud or she steps in the mud or they step in the mud. Have a good one. Namaste. Yo, this is the ancient Texan, an earthling hoping we all can learn to live and play well together on this small and delicate planet we call home. May we all honor the sacred in our fellow inhabitants. Namaste.